Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pastoral Thoughts Podcast. This is your host, Jack Young. And in studio this fine Monday morning, we've got the great and powerful Spencer Smith. Majestic. Majestic Spencer Majestic. Smith. Yes. Hey, thank you for being on, my brother. Yeah. And uh, we've been working them hard this weekend. We had them, um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five times at church. Mm-hmm. And... Um, He's he's been uh, eating with people. Oh, yeah. him and I cooked a bunch of ribeyes together. That was fantastic. We um we made him smell like a big old ribeye. Yes, he had to wash his all of his garments clean <laughs> of the stench from the ribeyes. And so, yeah, he's worked really hard for us and um, did an absolutely fine job, man. People enjoyed you very much. Thank Thanks you. for coming. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Headed back to Kentucky today. Yeah, I'm gonna fly on the jet plane. Yes, and go back. Yes, indeed. Well. Brother Spencer, you um, what you been up to? I have been busy making Third Adam Four, mm-hmm. and that has been a joy. It is the most mind-numbing uh, stuff I've ever studied because I'm really getting into the thick of uh, of the methodology of the mystery religions and what they were practicing and what their goal was, and and really exploring a whole other dimension of it. Um, basically, it is going to be about the working and the uh, philosophy of the false Holy Spirit. And when I understand that and I really got it, I see it all throughout these modern churches. It's it's the same mystery religion with a facade of Christianity overlaid it. And uh, I, it's going to be, it is going to blow people's minds. It has been just, I'm sitting there reading this stuff. I got to, I got to set it down, go take a walk. I'm thinking, I can't believe I just read that. And uh, wild what, what, stuff. What a lot of, um, in your research, what a lot of materials or what are some of the um, uh, best sources that you've come across? Well, that's the trouble with all this is that, um, you know, if you want to know what the Christians believe, there's a host of books. Okay. I mean, like, like right behind like, me. Like, like systematic. There's a systematic presentation. There's people who talk about it. There's a, there's a Bible. There's, there's universities. But the occultism and the mystery religions are so scattered hither, tither, and yon uh, you just got to go grab as many scraps of it as you can and put together a piece of it. And after a while, once you do enough of that, uh, it really exponentially increases your workload to study it uh, because you got to go, you got to just go grab every little piece of it you can. And uh, so there is no real place to go. You have to right. hodgepodge it all together. So is there a simple dichotomy between the spirit of this world and the spirit of Christ? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they're total 180. And so even if there's all sorts of, because I think of, for instance, there's a lot of commonalities between, uh, for instance, Mormonism Mm. and Islam. Yes, tremendous. And um, Mm. to me, like Mormonism is like the American Islam. Yes, yeah. Um, That's why I thought, you know, if if Mitt Romney ever won the election, uh, (laughs) that uh, you wouldn't have to worry about his loyalty, uh, where his loyalty (laughs) lay. It's going to lay to the United States because it's like Mormonism is a kind of a political uh, Christian Mm-hmm. Or uh, cult, yes. Um, you know, Americana yeah. religion and Islam is a political religion as well. Yep. Um, but and there's there's commonalities too be, between all the ancient mm-hmm. um, uh, gods and beliefs and things like that. Yeah. What, oh, is, yeah. what are some of the main commonalities? Well, the the, the entirety of it all um, is that you get to eventually go through a systematic religious process where. The end result is you end up being your own God, mm-hmm. which is exactly what uh, Satan offered Eve in the Garden of Eden. You shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And you, basically, you can you don't have to be under the authority of God. You can be your own authority. 
And that is that is the point of Mormonism. You could be God of your own planet. That's mm-hmm. the point uh, even of uh, Scientology. That's mm-hmm. the point of uh, all these religions, really, is you get to be your own God. And that's the point of New Age. And that's whether people like it or not, that all these self-help gurus that are out there becoming your higher and greater and mm-hmm. better self and bettering yourself, I mean, that is, I mean, Jordan Peterson's preaching that uh, every day of his mm-hmm. life. Um, so what's the end goal of all that? Be your own God. And that's what they're going to do. And that's what they're trying to do. And uh, and really, the, the antithesis of that is to, you know, in Christianity, is just serve the Lord. Do you think that, um, you know, mankind, one of the commonalities is, is that we all have a search for uh, illumination or light. Mm-hmm. And um, we're either going to come to the light, the true light. Or we're going to follow a false light. Well, um, it's funny you say that because because uh, the occultists, the, uh, the 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 Knights Templars, and all these other people, they wanted to worship what was before the light. Okay, so they they said, okay, what? Okay, you have light, but what was light born out of? Light was born out of darkness. So they go looking for darkness. That's what they, I mean, the Bible even says men love darkness rather than light. You ever heard of the black Madonnas? No. Okay. It's all the, there's, there's like 11 of them in the world right now. And, uh, basically, um, you, you'll see that there's a, there's a black woman in, um, in Hinduism named Kali. And the reason she's black is she was filled with spirit energy. And so her skin became black and, uh, and the Knights Templars went on the crusades and came back with these, these statues from the Sufi mystics of Virgin Mary and Jesus and they were black skin and they brought them back and said this is what we're all about and so that in in their mind that is where true light is born from <laughs> from the darkness and so they they look for the darkness so that the true light can be born it's so it's so demonic I mean it's just like you know and, and the Bible says is God is light in him is no darkness at yeah. all and but they're looking for darkness is what mm-hmm. they want Personally, I, I I probably can't prove it. It's just my opinion, but that seems to be why all these all these new age churches are so dark. You know, they just they they. I mean, you walk in there, you can barely see. I, I mean, we went to see Brian Welch, the the corn you know lead guitarist, uh, preach at a church there in Brandenburg, Kentucky, and honestly, it was so dark in there. I almost took, I, I turned my flashlight on on my phone just so I could find a seat in that place, and it never lightened up. These churches are dark mm-hmm. things. Yeah, and uh, and so there there's something to that. I need to explore that more. But the light that they're looking for is born out of darkness, and it is not the light of the Word of God. It is yeah. a different light. So, yes. And, and so in First um, Timothy 4, 3, mm-hmm. um, that they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching yep. ears. So when they, they turn aside unto fables, um, what the rejection is there is not of, let's say, preaching per se. And I'm using quotation yeah. marks here. So preaching, but the preaching of the word, mm-hmm. preaching of the doctrine, the doctrine that matters, as you would say. Yeah. Um, they depart from doctrine, they, and they heap to themselves teachers. So there's always going to be a market for religious teachers and spiritual teachers. Sure, sure. And uh, their ears should be turned away from the truth, and they'll go into fables. So what what they have a desire for is not the revealed clear open doctrine that they already have mm-hmm. they want something that's mystical mm-hmm. they want something that is that is beyond that and that's when you get into danger zone i mean that's that's when it gets so weird that's that's when you get where benny hen saying i was taking communion with a bunch of nuns and i was taking my hands out like this and i felt a leg brush by my by my fingers and nobody was there and i came to the conclusion it was the legs of jesus mm-hmm. as he was walking by people eat that stuff up mm-hmm. And, and, and the reason they do that is because they don't have any, I mean, the Bible's filled with theological truths that you could just have your feast of all right. day as much as you want. 
But they don't want that. They want what Benny Hinn just right. said. That's well, weird. In, and you, you think what Peter said in Second Peter chapter two and verse number one. It says we are with Christ on the holy mount. How many how many charismatic preachers out there would have loved to see Jesus on the holy mount, oh, transfigured yeah. before them, and hear a voice of God the <laughs> Father from heaven? Uh, but Peter said we have a more sure word of prophecy. Yes. Um, so he said that any experience that you have cannot compare to the word of God. The word of God is far more sure. Mm-hmm. So if, if yep. I if I could get a group of people together and um, I could make the Empire State Building disappear, what's that guy's name? David Copperfield. Copperfield, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> now they think, oh man, look at that, look what that guy did. But as soon as they walk away, they're going to doubt that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why they need another one and another one and another one. It's mm-hmm. it's it's there's no satisfaction. And so if you don't have yeah. um, the anchor for your soul, the um, the Word of God and their foundation's not on the Word of God, and it's not anchored in doctrine. And uh, I, you know, I I I look at um, you have your you know your trichotomy, mm-hmm. mind, will, emotions, mm-hmm. or spirit, soul, and body is a biblical order there. But if I'm if I'm teaching somebody from the Word of God or speaking to the Word of God, first it's got to make sense in their mind. They have to understand it. Sometimes you can share the plan of salvation with somebody. Yeah. I've done this several times, and they understand exactly what you're saying to them. Mm-hmm. You know, the, um, all our sinners, they agree that all our sinners, um, they see what I'm saying as far as that there's payment for sin, there's yeah. penalty for breaking of the law, there's penalty yeah. for breaking God's law, and uh, the payment, according to God's word, I showed them in God's word, mm-hmm. that, that they're going to um, end up in hell mm-hmm. because of their sin. Jesus Christ, in his great love, died for them on the cross, yeah. and um, and Jesus became sin for us, offered them the gift of salvation. Mm-hmm. Heaven's a free gift. Would you like to receive that? Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you can see that, mm. so, but they understood it with their mind, but they did not receive it in their heart. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So you have mind, will, and then emotions follow. Mm. Mm. And, um, a lot of what's done in churches today, to me, you have two different aspects. Opposite, you, yeah. Right. But you have Roman Catholicism. You have the bells and the smells. You've got the, mm. um, the transcendent. You know, you know, got the stained glass and all the saints and everything, and it's yeah. it, it's a mystical experience there. Yeah, and also it's not too far removed when you walk into a dark auditorium and you have strobe lights and you got fog and you've got yep. pounding bass line into your body, uh, you know, and you have a light show mm-hmm. and things like this. It's the same type wow. of a sensual, yeah. e- emotional. Um, Target, where we're not against, yeah. you wouldn't be against emotions. No, no. And uh, I mean, me, when I got saved, it was an emotional experience, but first it was mine and then my will. Mm. When it was broken, all of a sudden, man, those emotions followed. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, n- I never had considered <clears throat> that, but yeah, you're right. It, it's it's backwards. It's it's emotion, and then it's, uh, and, and that's where the starting point mm-hmm. is. And if they don't have that, they don't got nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to Paula White Kane. Uh, preached the other day and she's on that president trump advisory yes. board and the only reason she's on that is because she's you know a gorgeous woman and donald mm-hmm. trump you know likes be around gorgeous women that's the only thing she's a little wants. old for him though she's in her 50s yeah probably yeah so <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i guess she'll do i don't know <laughs> but uh yeah. but he that's just that's how he's always operated uh, mm-hmm. but uh, i watched her preach and honestly it was it was music 
just music overpowering just and it was just this melodic piano stuff and she was just talking out of her mind just saying god's gonna do it just just you know just god can and i don't know what people are doing out there just and just just incoherent rambling Mm -hmm. and and i'm thinking all she's doing is just hitting emotion buttons that's all she's doing that's all she knows how to Mm do and uh, there's a there's a, a preacher that I listened to the other day, and he he talks about this stuff a lot. And he says if you if you made music illegal in churches, the charismatic movement would die overnight. Over. They have nothing to offer. Yeah, it's just a musical mystical experience that that pulls your heart and your emotions, and it's all based on that. And really, that's uh, you I'm go back to the that. you know the Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, never used music in his auditorium. He, he yeah. wasn't against it. It wasn't like a doctrinal belief, but he thought that it actually would take away mm-hmm. from the services. He did have a song leader. I can't remember his name, yeah. but was a very powerful song leader, and all the voices would harm, harmonize in together. Mm-hmm. In Christian singing, again, it doesn't go for the yeah. experience first. A Christian singing um, tr- traditionally, and then also biblically, because you read the Psalms, that is a doctrinal book. Christ quoted the Psalms again and again and again. Well, yeah. that was the songbook. Yeah. And the people would have, that's the way you memorize. Sure. So they'd memorize the word of God by singing it. Uh, and so you're confirming doctrine together. It's like uh, Martin Luther wrote over 400 hymns or maybe more than that even. Yeah, he, he didn't a believe a guy was called to preach unless he knew how to lead music. And, oh, really? And, and one of the complaints of the Roman Catholic Church, because there's so many illiterate people that time period, mm-hmm. but they said they're singing themselves into Martin's doctrine. Oh, wow. Wow. And so he trained people by the song, where, wow. where nowadays um, a lot of contemporary music, we can talk about contemporary music here in a little bit and just the differences, um, but a lot of contemporary music, there is zero doctrine. Zero, absolutely, like sub-zero. And it's uh, really a pagan mantra. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. It is uh, It is vain repetition as the heathen do. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what it's designed to get you into. And uh, I, I noticed, um, this was probably three years ago, I said, look, I, I'm going to get to the bottom of this and... And I'm gonna, you know, I've got my I've got my day work that I got to do as far as ministry goes. But then I'm gonna I got a few other busy jobs I'm gonna do. I got to run a few errands, and I'm gonna go to the gym, and then I'm gonna go, you know, cut some grass and stuff. And for about two weeks, I listened to Hillsong every day. I said I'm just gonna just immerse my mind in it, see see what I get. Um, and I felt so emotional. <laughs> I really did. I felt like a teenage girl the whole time. Yeah, I was like, I just love this. this is yeah. I love the Lord. I'm thinking this is not the Holy Spirit. No. This is not the Holy God. No. You can you can push the emotion the emotion buttons and God not be within a million miles of it. Well, and you talk about the divine fe- feminine a lot on your show, mm-hmm. um, but um, I mean, I I you know grew up you know you know I was a rebellious mm-hmm. pastor son didn't get saved I was twenty two so rock and roll was my religion yeah and uh, you know I don't, I'm not going to elaborate on the bands you know I don't want to give the <laughs> young people ideas of who to listen to but it was uh, it was all uh, what I would consider more mm-hmm. masculine yeah sure you know something you can get in a nice mosh pit you know and yeah and, you know yeah, whatever yeah sure um, where the the CCM movement in mm-hmm. contrast to that is like chorusy and sappy. Mm-hmm. It's like the like you said the Hallmark Channel. Yeah. What now? Why is that? Well, it's it's because it is uh, it is the divine feminine religion, and what they're doing is they're worshiping a female goddess, and they're calling this female spirit the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. 
and even even their if you, if you get down into their theological talks, they'll even admit that that this is this is the Shekinah or this is the you know the Sophia. Uh, but even it, it, it's it's even gone into the the Bill Gaither circles with Buddy Green. Uh, him and Mark Lowry did a did a podcast one time, and Buddy Green got on there and talked about the Holy Spirit as a female. And yeah. uh, and and I I got the sound clip of that. I mean I've got it. So. The reason it's so mushy-gushy and lovey-dovey is because these people are connecting and communing with a female Holy Spirit, and that's exactly what these people are doing. And, uh, you know, that's that's really the point of it. So, But I, I'm glad to know that there are people that are catching on to this. I mean, even Tim Hawkins, the Christian comedian, yeah. he's been making jokes about it. And, uh, you know, he made a joke the other day about I went to church and, and had some visitors, and then all of a sudden the song leader gets up and says, I want to touch your lips. I want to, you know, and he yes. says, guys, this is getting a little bit much, don't you well, think? In, in, uh, and the funny thing about a comedian is that society always needs a comedian. The comedian was the court jester. He's the only guy who can tell the truth. Yes, and so he comes into the courtroom. He's the entertainer, and he's really saying what the people are saying out in in the courtyard, <laughs> in the king's courtyard. Uh, and so he, he, you know, he, he spoofs on the king, and the king can understand where his faults or foibles are. And so, yeah, a lot of truth comes out of uh, the land's comics. Uh, well, I, I'll, I say that, and I'll, I'll tell you, even now, I think the most influential people in society right now are the comedians. Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle has a lot more power than the president of the United States right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and guys like Joe Rogan and stuff like that, they, they're the ones with holding all the influence. Yes. And uh, people don't realize that, but that's true. So, uh, and, and it's really a balancing mechanism, mm-hmm. and uh, humor is a useful tool. And even among yeah. friends is yeah. that we kind of spoof on each other and like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You yeah. know, you um, spoof on me in one area like, yeah, I, you know, I yeah. can see that that little foible. Yeah, it, it's they call it the rubber sword. It's the, you can make a point without drawing blood. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's useful. It's it's useful. And that, that's why I, um, you know, you got like in the in the Old Testament, uh, people get on me all the time, say you're mocking these people. Well, you're supposed to. I mean, Elijah mocked the prophets of Baal. Did. And, uh, and, and there's a, there's, that's a, it's a form of communication is totally legitimate. And so when I'm, when I make fun of lovey, good dovey Hallmark channel, you know, worship, mm-hmm. I'm making a point and, and, and I'm making it in a relative, uh, you know, uh, a relevant way that people can understand. And that's, that's how people, that's just, that's just effective communications. All that is. Yes. That's it. Yeah. <clears throat> so thir- third, third Adam four, mm-hmm. <clears throat> what's like your, uh, what's your elevator pitch for it? I mean, what? What's an elevator pitch? I don't know. So we're, we're going up to we're going up the elevator together, and you're like, "Hey, what are you up to? I'm making third Adam four. <laughs> well, what's that about? Um, I, I'm going to talk about the spiritual force that is moving in these people, and why it's not the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm going to do. And it's uh, there have been uh, much. A matter of fact, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, the you ever seen a witch's hat? Like the reason a witch wears a hat, mm-hmm. uh, or or just what a witch's hat looks like? It's just a long, tall, pointy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the same thing as a steeple on a church. Okay. Well, okay. Why is why is that? Why do they wear that? Because it's an antenna to harness spirit energy into their body. That's why Catholic churches put those on those buildings. That's why bells exist on church buildings because they, there was a there was a vibration that they could put off that would manipulate spirit energy into that building, um, and there's a lot to that. And the reason the reason all these contemporary songs today, I mean, we even played one the other day uh, in in our uh, you know of course our the room there we were talking, but I mean I got Hill Songs Ocean right here. The reason it all starts out with a with a. 
that 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 tone at the beginning is because they're they're channeling a spirit energy. I'll play it again here. Okay. The reason they do that, it 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 strikes a chord with this universal energy force. So okay. so it's a it's the high frequency that you would hear like Okay, let's begin meditating. That's exactly, it's the same thing. Yes. It's the exact it's same, thing. same vibration. Yep. That's the exact same thing. And the reason they do that is because it aligns your fre- your, your frequency with another frequency and gives you peace and, and spiritual power. Yeah, because at the beginning of that song, it sounds like you're walking into a health spa. Yeah. Just, and you're about to do like a vinyasa or something like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About to go do some meditation for three hours and the kombucha and the incense is over there being burned. That's exactly what this is. It's the st- same religion. That's weird because I got my stretchy pants on right now. Where'd <laughs> <laughs> <Ready> to go? <laughs> I'm going to get on the airplane. And that's the opposite of going to a spa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's the truth. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I'm third Adam four. Mm hmm. You're going to talk about um, <clears throat> this, uh, and you drew that you drew this chart up on the whiteboard, yeah. and you got your start on the whiteboard, right? Uh-huh. And um, yeah, following the footsteps of Glenn Beck, he used to use the chalkboard, and you used the whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, it's just how I think, and I think it's an effective means of communication, audio, visual, and um, and so I, the people who watch my documentaries get it; they mm-hmm. really get it. Yes. And uh, so, but the problem is I have people also that criticize the graphics usage in my documentaries as well. And I'm thinking, well, that's, that's the point that like, it's, it's another layer of communication and it's oh, yeah, what absolutely. makes it effective. So, you know, that, but that's what I'm going to keep doing. And a lot of people are visual learners. Yeah, I am. Not, not everybody. I, I, I like audio way better. Yeah. I'd rather listen to something and I, I can absorb pretty quickly sure. by listening. Mm-hmm. And I do read a lot of books, but um, I do like listening. Yeah. <clears throat> did things as well. And so you had a chart on the board and you have a, uh, Adam and Eve down on earth uh-huh. and you have up at the top, the, the Abraxas. Abraxas. And so this is like the energy force. The Abraxas is the God of all gods. He's the all powerful spirit force. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then below that you have aeons, which are like demigods and you have, and, and these would be like the Greek gods are like Zeus and all these. Sure. Mm-hmm. It, it overlaps perfectly onto mm-hmm. that. Um, you have like uh, Sophia, Jesus, Lucifer, you have many others as well. And, um, and of course, Adam and Eve, uh, Sophia had a child. They call that child, the Demiurge. The Demiurge was a tyrant. Demiurge was a God of the old Testament. And he created a world and have created two beings, Adam and Eve and locked them inside that world. And so the dim, the uh, the Abraxas, the god of all gods, saw that and said, "That's not good. Let's send Lucifer down there to set them free." And Lucifer set them free with enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, and then said, "Well, that's not enough. Let's send Jesus down there." And Jesus sent, was, was sent down there not as a savior, but a spiritual teacher. And he taught them that the kingdom of God is within you. You have a divine spark within you, and if you will do these spiritual practices like meditation and loving people and and uh, sac- self sacrificial living then you will actually fan the flames of that divine spark and create your own little fire, and then you can actually transcend this world and, be, and become your own god, become amongst the gods of the Sophia, the Aeon, and whatever. But uh, you have to you have to practice the feminine energy principle of the Sophia, the, the wisdom, mm-hmm. okay? And that's where they get into, uh, when they get away from biblical truth, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, all masculine, when they get away from that, get into mysticism, everything becomes feminine, mm-hmm. And so that's why they worship Sophia deity uh, as a deity, Mary, all that kind of stuff. Well, one of the things that my wife always says, when she, like I would say, well, I think this or that. She mm-hmm. always says, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, 
every once in a while, a guy, guy will say, you know, I, I feel that, I'll say, you feel that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm just messing with yeah, my feelings. <laughs> yeah. But uh, w- women, you know, they, they are, um, men are typically logical thinkers. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. if, I, if I say I don't like Spencer Smith, I can give you, like, five reasons why I don't like him. Because yeah. men are logical think- thinkers. Yeah. Uh, a woman say, I don't like that Spencer Smith. Like, why not? There's just something about him. Yeah. And and so it's, um, you know, women call that uh, women's intuition. Yeah. And a lot mm-hmm. of times their intuition can be right. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it can be wrong. Yeah. So a lot of times man's logic can be right. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it can be wrong. Yeah. Um, but yes, when you get outside of doctrine, mm-hmm. you know, Martin Lloyd Jones said that uh, doctrine is logic on fire. And um, we do have a masculine God, and He did make women, and He did make them women to be who that He yeah. He made them to be. Yep. Um, but there is a linear thinking with God. There is a doctrinal thinking with God. Sure. Sure. And also, we're to try all spirits, whether right. or not they are of God. So we're to use the logic of God's word and examine that mm-hmm. uh, with you know the theology of the word of God. Yep. And determine that spirit. Where if we're Departing from the box, as you call it, yeah. and you're going to go out to some sort of transcendent illumination or understanding mm-hmm. or wokeness, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Well, yeah. Um, then, then you're in, in the divine feminine. Yeah, it, it always it's goes feeling. feminine. Yeah, it's always feelings based. It's always, um, you know, like that's why. Um, I mean, you know, world hunger. Okay. We gotta let all the immigrants in. We gotta, we gotta, you know, it's it's all feelings based and mm-hmm. it's all led by women. Whereas, uh, you know, a logical thinker will say, well, we can't just let everybody mm-hmm. in our nation, and that's a great example of it. The, the open border crisis. Okay, it's all it's all feminine thinking. We gotta let all these poor people in. Well, what what happens when fifty million of them are in Arizona? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can't even have you'd have chaos. Right. The best thing we can do is is you know, try to strengthen their countries, build their infrastructures, and let them stay where they are. That's the that's the only logical thing you can do. But no, it's 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 the feelings will get you in trouble, and feelings are always betray you. And feelings make you stupid if you're too feely. Okay, and um, and so I think I think that was the driving force behind communism. These poor people. Let's go. Let's go in and fix this poor nation, mm-hmm. and it ends up being mur- a murderous bloodbath. Also, for the folks listening. It- you would understand that the war on the patriarchy, mm-hmm. as you hear, or male leadership, yep. and the male, for instance, the the Christian male, mm-hmm. um, in particular, the Christian white male, is yeah. under a t- attack. You know, and um, yeah, you sure. know, you know, we're against uh, white Christian, uh, whatever. Yeah, white. You know, Christian we're not white. We're not. Yeah, we're not. Um, you know, white <laughs> first, but th- there is a an attack going on, and really, I think it's yeah. against the Judeo Christian ethic. But the patriarchy, um, co- the communists understand. Karl Marx knew that the biggest enemy to communism was the nuclear family. Yes, with yes. the man leading in the home. Yeah, and I've been to the former Soviet Union. My father has been as well. And really, one of the revolutions that happened in that country um, was taking women and putting them in. Uh, roles where the man normally led in those roles. Yes, yeah. Um, because when you have a nuclear family, yeah. uh, the family comes first. It comes before government, and I think that would be biblical too. Sure, I would. Is That's the first form of government is going to be the home, 
And then also you're going to want to keep and maintain wealth, hand down things to your children. Every parent wants it better for their children than they had it for themselves. You're handing down a heritage. You're handing down a lineage. And then if there's trouble in the home, the family takes care of it first. So if I can, um, if I can, if I can take out the man out of the home or, or uh, demasculate him, Mm -hmm. um, and, and now you have chaos entering into the home, the government can fill that void. Well, and, and see that I've even read the communist manifesto and basically, uh, Karl Marx argued that traditional marriage is a form of prostitution. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, he'll, he'll take care of you. He'll provide for you if you just live with him and, you know, and give him children. And, uh, he argued that that was a form of prostitution and that the nuclear family existed just to protect capital. Mm-hmm. And that's all it was. And that's, that's why he uh, wanted to abolish private property. Really it is. It is and, and, uh, one of the tools was also is a sexual revolution to bring forth communism. That, yes. That's where the yeah. sexual revolution yeah. is as well. And that's why they would push, mm-hmm. um, um, these alternate lifestyles. Yes, yes. And um, Carl Jung said that, uh, you know, all people are sexually oppressed because mm-hmm. in order to have yep. a society that functions, people have to restrain themselves sexually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where Karl Marx says, hey, you take the, you take the, the, bound, the bands off mm-hmm. and let people go wild. Yep. And then that nuclear family will be broken down. Sure. The man will leave his role and the government can fill in that void and yep. then everybody will be... Um, Equal. Well, when you said that, the thing, the verse came to mind is Revelation chapter 2, the church of Thyatira, the, the suffer that woman Jezebel to come in and teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this divine feminine thinking always breaks the bands of morality, always does. That's why, that, that's why it pushes gay marriage. That's why it pushes the transgender issue. Transgenderism is a absolute mental illness that is being separate or being celebrated by these people today mm-hmm. as some sort of virtuous thing. And I'm sorry, but if, 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 if people were taking knives and just slitting their wrist and stuff, we would say, Oh, that's dangerous and destructive. Let's stop that. But when they're, they're mutilating their body in another way, everybody's like, well, that's so liberal. He's so brave. And, um, and they're 19 times more likely to commit suicide. Yeah, absolutely. And they could say because uh, society oppresses them, but I have never, for the record, ever treated a transgender person as non-human, not created in the image of God. Yeah. Uh, You know, and I, you know, um, and so I do not believe that has any factor in that whatsoever. And and so, Uh, yeah, I I mean, I've, I've been around them. I've worked with them. Um, and that kind of stuff, but I mean, I've never been unkind and never, you know, I mean, I've just... It just, I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous, and it, they they get mad and offended at everything I've seen, um, and it's like they create their own oppression. You know, if somebody says "Hello, sir," and it's a and it's they say, "Well, it's ma'am." You remember that old video? The guy walked into GameStop and he was transitioning to being a woman, and someone said "Yes, sir" to him, and he just blew a gasket and said, "It's ma'am." It just went crazy. They call that persecution. That's not persecution. Mm-hmm. That's just people. This is a confused individual. And people around him don't know how to respond, and he doesn't even really know how people should respond to him either. So it, it literally is the embodiment of confusion, and God is not the author of confusion. And so, again, we're leaving the box, yep. and this might not be the box of doctrine, but this is the box of boundaries that God has put upon the earth. Uh-huh. Uh, and so he's he's made you one of two genders uh, and, yep. you know, has given you certain limitations, of your your time your or your talent, you know, how many years you have on this earth and yeah. your capacity. And so mm-hmm. somebody has an imagination or a delusion 
uh, and I'm supposed to affirm their delusion. Sure. Yeah. And if you don't, you're not loving. You're not kind. And, uh, you know, see, that's, that's where things like hate speech comes in. Uh, people that are outside the box of Bible doctrine believe that people that are in the box are haters and bigots. Mm-hmm. They associate the uh, the restrictions of the demiurge with the people inside those restrictions. And uh, really, their, their issue is not with us, or it's really with what we teach and what we say. And, uh, in, 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 you know, I oh, that's one of the things why I try to work real hard to be nice, to be kind to people, to be gracious to folks, because people already hate my position. I'd rather have them hate my position and like me as a person, and that's, right. that's, where, that's where I can win, and that's what I try to work hard at. But, yeah, the, the issue is not me. The issue is... They've stepped outside the box because they hated the box of Bible doctrine and they resent everything inside of it and they feel liberated now when really all they did was walk into slavery. And uh, there's freedom. There's freedom within the bounds of God's will. And uh, and it's a joy and pleasure to be there. And a lot of kids today are not hearing that. Mm. They're thinking, if I could just go out there in that old world like the prodigal son, that, that's that's bondage out there. There's There's freedom at the Father's house. And that's where all the blessings are and the joy is. And that's where I want to be. Yeah, Emma. Um, you know, and the, uh, the psalmist says, "I will walk at li- liberty." Why? Because I keep thy precepts. Sure. And yeah. so, you know, if I'm I'm living yeah. in accordance and living by and living off of also in the bread, uh, the milk of the word of God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there is a liberty involved because you, um, and you're you're yeah. walking as you said underneath the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And anyone, anytime someone wants to be free from that, now, um, you know, a lot of people call the box, they'll call it legalism. Mm-hmm. Legalism is another one. They say you can't, you, you guys can't listen to whatever, you can't wear whatever, you can't, uh, you can't live like whatever. And I'm just like, you know, I don't want to live that way. I right. Mean, I don't, I don't want to drink and I, you know, go watch all this filthy stuff. It oppresses me. And uh, I just I just don't like that. I, I want to live within the rules of what God has because that's what God. I mean, God is good, and He gave those rules. I mean, the, the the lines on the road don't exist because somebody's trying to oppress me. The lines on the road exist because somebody's trying to protect me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's what it's it's better that way. If there was, I mean, I've been in third world countries, and it's chaos on the roads. Yeah. People get hurt, and you, there's traffic jams all the time. It's total chaos. And uh, but the lines exist of Bible doctrine to for my protection so right. that I don't err according to the faith. So we uh, you know we say about the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. Mm-hmm. So it's the user's manual. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things like if you're born again by the Spirit of God, you know, uh-huh. if you're listening and and um, you know Paul, Paul talks about that the the sacrificial life is a savor of life unto those that live, and it's a savor of death unto those who die. Yeah. Um, and so. Really, if someone is born again by the Spirit, like you said, their desire their desires change. Yeah. And so, what if you could? What if you had a desire birthed into you by the Holy Spirit that you would, uh, by the Holy Spirit, desire only those things that were good and wholesome for you? Mm, like my nice. uh, my dad lives in the town that he grew up in, and uh, he said it was one New Year's. And he uh, walked in the gas station. There's a couple of his old buddies. One of them owns a bar in town. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, Timmy, you you want to um, come over tonight for a drink? And they said, uh, oh, I forgot. You can't. And um, my dad says, you know what? I can, and I'm old enough. He said, but I don't want to. 
Yeah, sure. And you sure. know, and, and that's um, and that's the difference between wanting what's in that box. Yeah. Or, or uh, in the name of liberty, it says they become servants of corruption. Sure. And so you get outside that box, and you become enchained and enslaved yeah. to whatever vice you have gotten involved in. Well, it even says there, I think, in the book of Jude, while they promise themselves liberty, they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. And uh, that's that's going to be one of the things about false teachers. I, once I get there in the third Adam four, I'm, I'm writing a book on the Book of Jude, and it's going to be called Wandering Stars. And uh, it's going to be talking about uh, the modern Christian move, movement uh-huh. and how corrupt it is and how wicked it is. And the Lord's given me a lot of good material, even recently with the Grammys and such. And uh, so, was a gift, huh? Yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't. Even, and one thing people, I, I've had criticism saying that I'm I'm too harsh about these people, but. All I'm doing is telling you what they're doing. You're just showing what they're actually saying. That's it. And and sh- and proving <laughs> what they're actually doing. I don't have to even exaggerate mm-hmm. anything. I can just read the quotes and say, "Here it is." Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so what? What? I'm sure a lot of people think that uh, you know you have a huge following on the on the YouTubes because um, <laughs> you just bash people. No, I just I just tell I just tell the truth about people. Yeah. And the truth is not very flattering because, and here's the deal. Okay. We talked about the emotions. Once I unplug the emotions from, let's say, let's just say like Brandon Lake. Okay. Who's a famous contemporary singer. Once I, once I unplug the emotions of that and I show you what this guy's actually saying about God and Jesus and the Bible. At that point, people are horrified that this guy would ever be a part of anything involving a church. Um, the same thing is true of Maverick City Music. I, I I have found things Lauren Daigle has said about homosexuals that you would think that she's, she's. I mean, uh, like I need to do a segment, who said it, Hillary Clinton or Lauren Daigle, okay? Uh-huh. Because it's atrocious, the doctrinal things that these people believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like The Shack, okay? Uh, you got John Cooper who sang a song on The Shack soundtrack. The Shack made God a woman. Okay. You ever seen that movie? No, I haven't. Okay. I just heard about the book. I've heard about oh, the movie. Yeah. It's the worst thing you could yeah. ever imagine. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit is an Asian woman. Yeah. You and know. See, that's why I didn't want it. It would just make me mad. It, it, it was I don't feel like being mad for two hours. It was infuriating. And God the Father was a black woman, and the Jesus was some skinny Arab dude. And uh, it was weird. But Lauren Daigle and Dorset said, I just love that they made God, God a woman. Because sometimes that's the only... A way that God can get through to people is as a woman, and and I'm just thinking, whoa! I mean, yikes! That's that's dangerous. And I just would show people that's what she said. Mm-hmm. Okay, I went on the Jason Whitlock show, and um, and you know he's a big deal with the Blaze, and uh, and he told me he said uh, he said, boy, you got me because I listen to Lauren Daigle, I listen to Maverick City Music. He said, you're pushing me, you're pushing me. I appreciate yeah. that. I said, yeah, well, I'm I'm just showing you what these people believe. Okay, uh, Maverick City Music. Had a guy named Dante Bo on their on their squad. Okay, mm-hmm. the dude was in his personal life was an absolute degenerate. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy was uh, going to these uh, Bad Bunny shows, which is basically like a almost like a Playboy type thing. He was going mm-hmm. to all that, uh, and then he posted stuff on his Instagram stories. There was some there was some nude pics of himself that he had posted on the internet. Okay, and uh, apparently by accident or something like that. And, and he's yeah, out there that singing a lot. That's easy to do. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, like, wow, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, so, he, but he's traveling on tour, Maverick City Music, and 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 they let him go for a little while. And I'm hearing that they're getting ready to bring him back. 
So, and, and when I when I when I unplug the music and I say, okay, let's just stop listening to music for a moment. Here's who these people are. Mm-hmm. That's not bashing people. That's informing you. Yes. And and that's you know like if I say, okay, you know, brother Jack Young over here, he's a nice guy, but you know, you know, back in like 2008, he was on trial for murder for this, and he was declared guilty, but he plea bargained and whatever. Now he's pastoring a church. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that's information that's useful. That's not true, of course, of you, but but it's it's. I mean, that's what I'm doing with these folks, yeah. and that's not bashing, and I'm not heresy hunting. I am informing you of what you're messing with. Mm-hmm. And, and if I was a doctor and I was saying, okay, you're eating Fruity Pebbles cereal by the kilogram every day, okay, here's what's in that. Yeah. Um, it's got sugar. It's got this, this, this. It's got known carcinogens in it, blah, blah, blah. We can go through that. Oh, you're just bashing Fruity Pebbles. Right, right. No, I, I'm by read, No, I'm reading the ingredient label. Yeah, I'm just telling you what you're doing. Yeah, and if these people... I mean, I'm, if they if they didn't mean it, why did they say it? So sure. I'm just saying what they had said, and, sure. and here's what they have done. And um, the funny thing is, in Christianity, uh, we had this mantra, you know, judge not, um, and then you know, God knows, <laughs> God knows people's hearts, and you don't. Yeah, um, judge but, not is a feminine expression. Yes, and, but in the same chapter too, Matthew chapter number seven, he says, "By their fruits ye shall know mm-hmm. them." And so we're we are supposed to be, uh, if we're going to be a follower of somebody, a fruit examiner, and say, yeah. well, you know, what's the fruit of this person's life? Um, yeah. And, and so some of these entertainers. Now, who who makes the big big money off of Christian music? The record companies, of course, but uh, really, uh, a lot of these now churches, these are secular. Record companies that own a lot of the Christian music, some correct? of them. But but he, the thing is, now uh, a lot of these churches have created their own record label. Oh, okay. So you got Bethel Music at a Bethel Church in Redding, California. They've got their own label, and I th- I mean, I'm pretty sure they're clearing a hundred million a year just in music royalties. And these churches that are singing their music and their services and live streaming that they have to pay royalties to the to Bethel. Yeah, and that's so you're fu- you're literally funding. Lucifer, when you're singing this music in your church, a friend of mine uh, visited a church in Montana the other day. She said everything went real well, and then uh, all of a sudden uh, they started singing Elevation Worship, and she left. and She told him, "She says I'm I'm not going to be a part of a church that's funding this. You guys are funding this by singing this in your church." So tell us some of the things about like um, Hillsong. What are some of the scandals that they've had? Oh goodness! I mean, well, you got Carl Lentz, who uh, was the founder of New York Hillsong, New York City, and uh, he was going around and uh, having affairs all over the place. I mean, mm-hmm. he made Jack Scop look like a choir boy, you yeah. know, and uh, uh, doing all kinds of terrible. Well, and stuff the, like and that. the funny thing is, people in the world even looked at him and mocked. Um, I remember watching Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan was yeah, all over. I him. remember that. I was watching an episode. I was working out in my basement, and they they're showing pictures of him, and he, he yeah. has his shorts like hanging down like almost to yeah. his crotch, no underwear on. Yeah. And he's hanging out with Justin Bieber. Yeah. And uh and he's like, pull your pants up, son. He's like, there's only one reason you walk around town like that. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you know, and he used uh euphemisms about what he's looking for. So yeah. here here's a guy in the world that can like see yeah what's going on. And 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 he's spotting all that and the phoniness of that, but then he you know the people who are under the spell of Carl Lentz are like, <gasps> how dare you say that's I, judge not and, and I honestly feel sorry for that guy. Yeah. And here's the reason why yeah. is your church expects you to be a rock star, mm-hmm. but not live like a rock star. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so he's got the, uh, you know, $500 shoes on and, you know, the Gucci glasses and, you know, he's rolling around in a Bentley <laughs> or whatever. Uh, and, and, you know, everyone's oohing and on over him. Yeah. Um, but he, he's, uh, 
he's supposed to be like a rock star, which is so unscriptural. Uh, yeah. But and then you know when he when he turns out living like a rock star, he gets in trouble. Sure, sure. So there's big trouble too with Hillsong in um, Australia, which he was born out of, right? Yeah, Hillsong Australia. The the man who started that was named Houston. And uh, and he started it, brought in a girl named Darlene Check, and they started writing music, and the church started growing. Well, it turned out this this Houston guy was a serial, serial pedophile, like mm-hmm. at Jeffrey Epstein's type stuff, and went to prison. And then his son took over the ministry, Brian Houston. And uh, Brian's actually on trial right now for covering up for his daddy's crimes, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, so you got that going on, and they try to sweep that under the rug, although it, it shouldn't have been swept under the rug. And then also, um, uh, they had the Hillsong Australia Church, or actually the college in Sydney, and girls were going to this college and just getting raped by the staff, and uh, I mean, all kinds of terrible sexual assaults coming out. Of I mean, there, there's 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 literally litigation falling out of the sky against that place mm-hmm. for sexual uh, harassment, sexual assault, and rape cases. Uh, so that's not something to just be overlooked. That's mm-hmm. some that means something. Uh, and then, of course, you add to that the bad doctrine and the and the weirdness. I mean, Brian Houston even says uh, in one of his sermons that Christians and Muslims ultimately worship the same God, which in their case, I agree with them, mm-hmm. and uh, they worship the God of this world. So, so that's just a whole just a whole inner web of of bad doctrine. And when w- my point is with the music, bad music is always born out of bad doctrine. It's always about the doctrine. Who who is Hillsong? Well, they're they're charismatics. They 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 they're so charismatic that the Assembly of God denomination kicked them out of the yeah, denomination. Yeah, because yeah, so, you know you've probably met. And I've met like good solid Assembly of God people. Yeah. Now we disagree on cessation of gifts and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, you know my my thing is the more that they emphasize the word, the better off they are, and the more protected yeah. they are because the word of God protects you, yeah. and so it protects you from wolves. Sure. So if the word of God is so diminished uh-huh. in, in experience, <clears throat> totally trumps the word of God. Sure. Experience comes first. I know what I felt in, there's no expositional preaching. There's no expounding of the word of God done from their pulpits. Then the wolves have access to whatever sheep are there. Sure. And the wolves sure. are going to flourish inside that congregation. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no boundary or, or line anymore. And so you, you literally, I mean, you're, you're opened up the floodgates for anything to come in and that's a problem. So but that's Hillsong. Then you got, of course, you got Bethel in Redding, California. They're so weird. I mean, they got a lady named Heidi Baker who comes out of Africa two or three times a year and goes over there and does conferences for them. And people flop on the floor like a fish. They they uh, impart spiritual gifts to each other. There's a video out there where Heidi Baker imparts a spiritual gift to a man, and he starts flopping the floor, screaming bloody murder. And it's frightening to watch this as as it unfolds. But uh, they actually had to drag him out of the congregation. And then also there's, there's the gold dust incident. Did you ever see that? Where people's te- teeth turn gold? No, there was a, there was doing a service, and all of a sudden, uh, in the vents in the building, gold dust starts floating okay. out, of the, out of there. And uh, and they're you know like they're like. Well, I guess the Lord's in this. You know, it's like a sign and a wonder that God gave. Turned out somebody later on admitted that they dumped a whole big old thing of uh, gold dust and were told to by the staff and yeah. to put it into the AC unit. Okay, yeah. and that that happened. And then, of course, there, there's a number of different other things out there. Um, and uh, just just uh, the grave soaking. Um, 
and then they had the wake up olive incident that was there where a, a staff member had a like a three-year-old toddler that died and then they spent like five days chanting like a bunch of prophets of Baal, crying and cutting themselves and howling at the moon for five days for a dead toddler who'd been dead for for about four days at that time to be risen from the grave. And that toddler was in the church too, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And uh, it, and it, it was sad and it was sick. It was sick. Oh, just watching the daddy get up in front of that crowd, just moan and scream and just lead them in a song. And they, they literally thought that they were going to, I mean, these people were beating drums like the only thing, the only thing they needed was just razor blades and just start cutting themselves and slinging blood every. That, that, that's the and, only thing they were missing. Where in scripture do we see someone being raised from the dead because the church just like rocked out for five days straight? The, there is no. The, the only scriptural example that was that was comparable to what they were doing was was the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Yeah, that's the only comparable thing. Because they are the prophets of Baal. Yes. And these and, people and so are that. If someone took the Bible and tried the spirits, as the Bible says, whether uh-huh. or not they be of God, it'd take you two seconds just to scan over uh-huh. what's going on in your mind and examine that according to the scripture that you know and say, whoa. Yeah. Sure. There is no call for this. Well, and, and, but the thing is, if you say that to them, they're like, <gasps> you're limiting God. How dare you limit God? Well, God's God limits Himself according to that book. Mm-hmm. And if you don't if you don't define God the way God defines God, then you're not worshiping the God of the Bible. You're worshiping the same God that Albert Pike worshipped when he said there is an all powerful, universal, impersonal, invisible force in the universe, and he who learns how to master it can do anything he wants. Yeah. That's what these people are doing. These people are satanic. They are Luciferians, and they are they are the prophets of Baal. They're all going to hell. They preach a false gospel, and they're subverting people away uh, from true Bible-believing Christianity with sweet, happy music, which is nothing more than a drug giving them an esoteric experience that makes them feel good on the inside. It raises their vibration. It raises their kundalini. raises their frequency, and it makes them feel good about themselves all while it pushes them over the edge into the flames of hell. Mm-hmm. And that's my rant for today. Yeah, yeah. So there's um, Hillsong, Bethel, then there's and Elevation. 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 Uh, Stephen Furtick has uh, got a Southern Baptist theological degree from, I think, a, a place in Louisiana. And then he mo- he's a Southern Baptist. He moved up to Charlotte, started this church called Elevation. And, uh, and the, the logo of Elevation Church is a pyramid. Figure that one out. Um, and then um, he, he started off by telling everybody. Maybe he, like, maybe he likes Doritos, man. Maybe he does. I guess so. That Doritos commercial was lit. Um, so, but he, okay, he starts this church and says, if you're saved, you're not going to like this church. And everybody's like, what does that mean? If you're saved, you're not going to like my church. And then, you know, everybody's like, okay, here's the next Mark, next Mark Driscoll. But he played it smart because he uh, he he got he got big he got swole he started lifting weights started yeah, looking yeah. like a male model and uh, you know him and Craig Groeschel got together and learned how to do that with each other and uh, learned how to get swole and fit and then he brought in all this music and learned how to learn how to recruit talent for Elevation Worship Records and all that uh, had a bunch of number one hit singles became a big deal on that but. Uh, Let's unplug from the music and let's look at what Stephen Furtick teaches and believes. He, he says problematic statements all the time, like God broke the law for love, uh, which is basically God, which is, I mean, it, he learned that from T.D. Jakes, which is his mentor. Okay. Uh, T.D. Jakes is, of course, a, 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 a oneness Pentecostal. He's a heretic. He's really, he, he is a big-time motivational speaker. Big time. Like uh, on, on YouTube, man, there's a <laughs> motivational clip. Motivational clip after mm-hmm. motivational clip of T.D. Mm-hmm. Jakes. Yeah. And I guarantee you there's a bunch of unsaved piece, people getting 
getting hopped up on TD Jakes. He he's yeah. an amazing uh, motivate. I mean, he's like the Tony Robbins of he is. Well, him and Tony Robbins are the same religion. Yeah, and uh, so, but he's one is Pentecostal. He's uh, he believes in. Uh, of course, the gifts and all that kind of stuff like that. But he he goes so far with it. He's just he just weird. I, I listen to three or four of his sermons and the things that he just says crude stuff all the time. I'm thinking, oh, that that's a, a you could be a lot more tactful than that, <laughs> sir. Uh, but uh, he uh, he learned that from uh, from T D Jakes and got in with all this music and brings all these people in. Then he then he says boneheaded stuff all the time. Uh, like he said, I am God Almighty. One time while he was preaching. Um, weird stuff he he's he lives a lavish lifestyle he he wrote uh uh john macarthur was they do this thing at the at the shepherd conference i think every year where they'll read a name and then let john macarthur give a one-word answer <laughs> okay okay um and what they did one time was they they uh it was todd friel todd friel says okay beth moore and john, john macarthur says go home that you was know. funny but then he said stephen furtick okay and John MacArthur said unqualified, and uh, which I agree with. Yeah. Uh, well, Stephen Furtick heard that, got mad, and wrote a book called Unqualified. Okay? Oh, wow! And, and it became an it became a bestseller. All right, it like like New York Times bestselling book. Wow. Um, he took all his. He, book he must royalties. have a good ghostwriter. He must have, because uh, listen to him talk. It, he's he doesn't sound that intelligent, in my yeah. opinion. But whatever. Uh, but he made so much money on that. He built himself a 20,000 square foot home in the hills of North Carolina there. And, uh, basically he's become, he, he's immensely wealthy. He wears like, you know, uh, $2,500 watches. He wears, uh, you know, shoes that are like, you know, $800 pairs of shoes. And what, what, what's, what, what's he worth? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I bet, I bet, I bet I, he's a hundred million. I don't know if I'd say that. I, I'd say he's probably worth 10. Um, let's see here. I bet he's worth more than that. Let's see here. Um, uh, let's see here. Stephen Furtick net worth. I bet. Let's see what this says here. Um, let's see here. This says, this says 55 million. Oh, 55. But uh, that's just whatever. But he's got he's got a huge house. Yeah. Uh, this is a uh, Furtick is estimated to be around 50 to 90 million. So that's a lot. That's a lot. And uh, yeah. So, I, I think I could live off half that. I could live off ten percent of that, <laughs> and uh, so. But yeah, I mean, he he's he's made big big money, uh, of course, and uh, wrote books or whatever. But but his his doctrine is the problem. That's what we're talking about. The doctrine. He he uh, he says wonky things about the Holy Spirit all the time, um, and uh, just you know he surrounded himself with heresy and error. And so those those are the three big ones right now. I think Hillsong basically is done for. Well, those um. Those guys get weirder and weirder, don't don't they? Because I think yeah. they insulate themselves. There's probably a bunch of people around them that are um, really like uh, yes men, and then yeah. th they have to, because like having a real church, like he he speaks to crowds. Mm -hmm. He's not the shepherd. No, he's and, the, and, he's the personality. Right. Yeah. It's a cult of personality. And it's really funny because to me, he looks like a soap opera star. <laughs> he looks like a Mexican soap opera star. <laughs> yes. He walks into a room and says, Maria. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. I could see him doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but but being a shepherd and like being amongst the sheep and uh -huh. working alongside of sheep, uh -huh. um, they're, they're, they're your family. Yeah. And they moderate your ego. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. your family keeps you humble. Like your wife keeps you humble. Your kids are gonna, you know, point out your uh, your the error of your ways and their their own ways. Um. And and so 
these guys who insulate themselves are in are at the celebrity status. You know, yeah. I, I think they're headed for disaster. Yeah, because because their heresy compounds, and 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 we all need accountability. We all need authority, and he and they have none. Mm-hmm. I mean, like like who who really is is checking Kenneth Copeland? I mean, nobody. There ain't no. no soul in the world checking that man. No, and uh, and so I mean that that I think that's true of all men. When a, when a man has no authority, has no accountability, uh, he. What do you? What happens? I mean, yeah. you, you become Mark Driscoll. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I listened to that rise and fall of um, Marcel. Yeah, and uh, I've really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was very well produced. Obviously, I'm not yeah. like on the same page as Christianity today. Yeah. Um, but uh, no. but it was a very well produced it, uh, podcast. There was a lot to observe and and learn from that. Uh, but one of the things with Mark Driscoll, when he had got so big and he become like a celebrity, you know, uh, pastor, uh, people were saying all along the way, "Is like you need some sort of a mentor. You need a group of men to be honest with you." Yeah. And you know, I don't know if he was raised by his mother or whatever. I can't remember. Uh, but but he did not want that um, accountability. <laughs> Somebody said to him, "You know, um, why don't you be mentored under like uh, John Piper? He could be your pastor." So John Piper, you know, we're not on the same page with, but, um, you know, he, you know, he's, you know, a lot more in the box than sure, Driscoll was. Sure. And, um, and he said, I, I can't be pastored by, uh, John Piper. My church is bigger than his. <laughs> like to him, <laughs> like the, 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 the number of people, you know, well, I mean, it was his own, own value or, or whatever. You're saying that I'm thinking that sounds like Jack Scott. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sounds just like him. Yeah, and, and one thing with Jack Scott is I think he accentuated all of the bad characteristics of Jack Hiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he, you know, he was saying all sorts of heretical things. And if you heard the guy preach, you know, it was um it was outside of Christian orthodoxy many times. It well, sometimes it was outside the realm of decency too. The Absolutely. He said, I'm like, wow. And, and no, and, and that's another thing too. With him, when he fell, I was not shocked. Mm-hmm. Like there's some guys, like for instance, you know, we both look up to Clarence Sexton. Mm-hmm. Now, if Clarence Sexton, you know, came out that he was dirty, I'd be like shocked. Yeah, that would blow my mind. That right? would yeah. too, because the guy loves the Bible and feeds, you know, and he hides behind scripture when he preaches type thing. He won't and even a, let a girl come behind his desk. Sure. He won't he won't even let it. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I know that because I'm there. Yeah, he's just such a dignified yeah. um in but you got a guy, because uh, I remember one time my uh, mother was taking my sister to different Bible colleges. She ended up going to Crown. She uh, married uh, Brother Ewing's son. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, so they did visit Hiles Anderson, and, and uh, Jack Scott was there preaching in chapel. And she said, you know, the campus was great. The students were nice. Mm-hmm. And the worst part of Hiles Anderson College was Jack Scott. <laughs> and when he was preaching up there, um, you could tell he, you could, like, to me, you're dirty. And he, here's the reason why. You mm. could tell. Because one of the, you know, he was saying stuff, well, a few, th- he he cussed a few times. Yeah. He was saying, GD that. And he's like, that's in, like, in the Bible. Mm. You know, you know, and then uh, he was saying, you know, some, some of you girls mm. taking pictures up your skirts and send them to your boyfriends. Now, here's the thing. Like, what percentage of the student population do you think is doing that? None. Yeah, maybe one out of a you know a thousand. But you start saying that, and um, yeah. all of a sudden, my mind went in a gutter. 
Yeah. And then also he was saying that, uh, you know, you girls walking down the, the or going down the um, row mm -hmm. uh, for your seat and rubbing your legs up against every guy like down. And then again, wow, all of a sudden we're, we're being dragged. And so you're supposed to get up there and preach God's word <laughs> and really preach the implications more than the applications. Yeah. Hate to quote John MacArthur here, in it, but uh, but um, <laughs> but but the thing is, all of, all of a sudden now I've got like some you know softcore thing going on in my mind about yeah. like who, what kind of girl you know girls yeah. and what are you dealing with, you, sir? Yeah, you just again we just went into the gutter, and this uh, is what you feel we need to hear, you know, and this, um, and so yes, insulated themselves, departed from God's word, got weirder and weirder. Until finally, like the wheels fell off. Yeah, boy, that's fun. Yeah, well, see, we we listened to a couple of his tapes while I was in the dorms at Crown, and uh, just the things he would say about sensuality and stuff like. I'm thinking, that's all this guy talks about. Like yeah. he's, he's got a problem. Yeah, he's, it's like something wrong um, with him. And then, yeah, there's. There's one, there's one principle, you know, you're going to, you're going to preach against the sins that you commit the most. And then also you're going to hate the sins and other people that you commit the most as well. Sure. It's kind of like, uh, you know, David and, um, you know, when he took Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. He wanted to kill the guy who stole somebody else's lamb, you know, um, yeah. and he, that's exactly what he did, uh, to Uriah when uh, he stole yeah. his wife. That makes sense. And, uh, yeah. So hopefully, you know, if you're a preacher and you're listening Hopefully you're 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 preaching against uh, you need to pray because you, you know you need to pray you people that don't love the Lord enough <laughs> right because you're preaching yeah. to yourself yeah you know a lot of times well I was I was told uh, by a Tennessee preacher he said if a man gets up and reads John three sixteen and preaches against pornography <laughs> you mark it down he's got a he's got a problem you yeah. mark it down and, uh, oh yeah. So I, I wonder sometimes, what do people think of what I'm dealing with when they hear me preach? You know, they think I probably like contemporary music or something. <laughs> He's a closet contemporary mu music listener. He loves Stephen Furtick. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why That's why he's hate. You know, love, love and hate are close emotion, you know? Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. funny. Hey let, hey, let me ask you a, a, few, uh, a few questions. All right. Um, how do you show prep? Because probably a lot of people think you just get behind the microphone and just flap your gums and... Uh, and that's how you that's know. All it takes. Um, I I think I am actually um, the majority of my videos. I've got two or three notes written down, and I I just kind of can improv. Mm -hmm. I think I'm I think I'm gifted as far as that. Mm -hmm. I think that helps me in my preaching. Um, and, but when I'm doing my documentaries, it is an enormous amount of work to be. And the, and the reason is because so, so a lot of like your money nights and things are like an overflow of what you've been studying for, for the, um, the documentaries yeah. and things. Yeah. 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 That's what we do. And, uh, and I, yes. I can, boy, I mean, I can, I've got so much in my mind about that stuff and I'm, I'm not like Alex Jones where I'm like a savant where I can just spew all this information, yeah. like whatever. Um, but I've got a lot in my mind and I want to talk about it and I've got, uh, you know, I, I don't, I am, I am blessed in that I can improv, but I'm cursed in that I'm the most disorganized human okay. in the world. Okay. I, I, uh, some people think that I have a plan. I, lots of times I don't. Well, how, how long have you been doing this on the YouTube channel? Uh, I released third Adam one February 1st, 2020. And that's when it really started taking off. That's when I got consistent on YouTube. So you've only been doing this for like three years, three years consistent. And so do you, do you feel like you've even got a rhythm yet? 
Well, um, sorta. I mean, I've got I've got my desk, I've got my studio, I've got everything that I need. All all I got to do is go in there and turn a camera on, and I'm ready to go. Well, you in know. Um, you know your YouTube channel is kind of like a blank canvas too, because it's not like you know, for instance, you know, if I'm preaching, that's what I'm doing. I'm preaching. Yeah. Uh, or YouTube, like you know, we have liberty, you know, on this this show. Yeah. To um, you know talk about what we want to talk about or do sure. what we want to talk about. If I wanted to, you know, show a cartoon or <laughs> whatever, you could, you could feel free to do that. Yeah. yeah. So you, so you probably, you know, you probably have all sorts of ideas for the channel as well. Don't you? I've got a, I've got a whiteboard in the corner of my office where I have video ideas written down and I've got probably 40 things on there right now. Uh, but you know, that's the thing is I'm a one man show. I, I have to, I have to do my, all my edits. I have to do everything myself and that takes time. Uh, really we were talking about, I needed a snurdly, you know, like uh -huh. Rush Limbaugh had, I need one, I need a video editor and uh, that would be fantastic if I could get one. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people who want to do my stuff, but they don't, they don't, my video edits are like top notch. I want them to be perfect. Yes. Okay. So I'm kind of a perfectionist in that. And it's hard to find that guy who knows knows what I'm going for, knows what I want to try to do, and then is uh, is available to do it. So that that's something I'm struggling with. And uh, so, but yeah, I've I've got a ton of stuff I can talk about. There's no shortage of material out there for me right now. Um, and I'm just trying to piece by piece put put together something to teach folks and talk about things. But but the thing is, how, I, how, do, how do you generally take in information like throughout the week? Well, I mean, I'm always reading something, um, uh, but I'm doing a lot of research on modern cultural events, and uh, and and really, what I've got to do is I've got to I got to balance what I do because I don't want to sit there and read the occult all day. That's that's <laughs> right. not healthy. It's not good. No. It's not smart. Um, so what I do is I study a lot of contemporary theological history, and uh, and I study a lot of. Uh, uh, culture. I study a lot of the culture and try to connect the dots on the two, and I'm I'm able to do so successfully with the Lord's help a lot. And uh, but that that's I mean I just I just read a lot. Yeah, you know I got a book uh, Irenaeus Irenaeus uh, against um, what's it called against heresies, which is a first century book about Gnosticism. I'm getting okay. ready to read that here in a few days, yeah. and so that's going to be a blessing. That I, would be good. That's going to be that's going to be a lot of work. It is, but uh, but I th I think it'll be worth it. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. And there's nothing to me like a book that's centuries old, and I see relevant truths like going on right now. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, the devil doesn't have any new tricks, right? Once you once you see his pattern, you you can you can almost predict his next move. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just know exactly what he's about to do. So yeah, and uh, it's it's nothing. I mean, it's it's not hard. You yeah. just got to be willing to see it and say it. You see it. What's the goal of your channel? Well, the goal of my channel is to warn people against the pitfalls. The bridge is out, and I'm going to be the crazy guy on the side of the road holding up a sign saying, don't go down this road. Mm -hmm. Okay, I want, I want to be that guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and, and we've, we've been able to successfully steer a lot of people away from that road and into, you know, do it, and there's people all over this country in independent Baptist churches because of our channel. Uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of families. And it's not just here; it's everywhere. And uh, I mean, there's people in in the Netherlands that are going to independent Baptist churches now because of our the influence of our channel. And so, uh, that's the goal. The goal is to is to get people out of error and into the truth. And um, and really, that that's just it. That's all we're trying to do. Hey, my man. And so, um, to, to 
So you got a few books you're doing. You co- yeah. compiled. You did a compilation of sermons. Yeah. How come you compiled those particular sermons? What well, they're just. Uh, uh, we did a we did a series, and we're getting ready to release the third one here soon called "Sermons That Changed the World." And basically, I just found these old sermons that n- nobody even knows about, and uh, try to put them in print so people can be introduced to them and enjoy them, uh, because you know. The, these, I mean, sermons from the 1750s are absolutely the best things you've ever read in your life. <laughs> yeah. But nobody even knows they exist. No, and they're classics. And if people want to read sermons or get some theological truth today, they got to go to the internet, and all they pick up is getting the Kenneth Copeland disease mm-hmm. and uh, getting infected mm-hmm. with all that nonsense, and it's not good for them. And so we try to give them some better stuff. You and know? Um, <clears throat> there's nothing better than something that's been tested by hundreds of years. And if it's still yeah. around... I and mean, that's why the, the classics are important. Yeah. And that's why it's nice to, you know, all the uh, old uh, dead white guys behind you yeah. on, the, on the bookshelf. Yeah, we can't let them die. Um, yeah, yeah, there's there's some that have been around for hundreds of years. Uh, some are contemporaries. Some have just gone to heaven. Uh, but it's nice to pick up Matthew Henry there, and he wrote in the 1500s. Oh. And, you know, um, uh-huh. and there there is sound, solid application. Yeah. Praise uh, the Lord. Found there. And, um, yeah, there's something refreshing about going back in history. Yeah. Hey, so you have a super fan named Ernie who goes to our church, but he's down in Myrtle Beach. And uh, he says you own a book, man. What, what's he supposed to do? Well, just tell him to email me, and I'll get with him. Okay. He knows he knows my email if he's a super fan. Yeah? Yeah. We'll see if he's really a super fan. We'll find out. bluffing. Yeah, we'll find out. Let's see if he's a real deal. <laughs> and, um, and so if then if people want to find you, they, they tell them to go to pastorjack.org. Yeah, they can is, do that. Uh, apparently, we're on there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's actually my my blog, pastorjack.org. How much does it matter if people smite the like button or not? How it's, much does that matter? It is the make or break of a video. Okay, hey, it smite is. the like button, yeah. folks. Please smite the like button. You smite that like button, then all your dreams will come true. That's You'll right. have a new Corvette in the driveway. You have a million dollars in the bank. Name and, and claim. Yeah, yeah, the cat will die. Hey, and uh, all that stuff. If, if you're not a member of our church and you smite the like button, you don't have to tie this coming Sunday. Oh, yes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. yeah, God will forgive all that. God will forgive all that. And he will, uh, cruise tickets will just show up in the mail. Amen. And uh, you'll be, boy, you'll be glad that you did. Trust me, it's worth it. Amen. Yeah. So just Google your name. Yeah. Or go to the YouTube and just type in Spencer Smith and you're going to come right up. Yep. Just type in Spencer Smith and uh, uh, there's, there's, I'm not the only Spencer Smith on the internet. There's one who's the drummer of the Panic at the Disco. Oh, yeah. And that's oh, not man. me. Um, there's yeah. also yeah, another right. one. Um, yeah. I'm not a double agent. Not yet. And uh, so there's a famous Mormon missionary named Spencer Smith and that's not me. Huh. So, but uh, just look in Missionary Spencer Smith and you'll see, uh, you'll see what's on there. And that'll be, uh, you'll find all our documentaries. I tell folks, go watch the Third Adam series. And there's Third Adam 1, there's Third Adam 2, Third Adam 3, and Third Adam 3X. And uh, Third Adam 3, Rise of the Divine Feminine, is 2 hours, 21 minutes. Third Adam 3X is 4 hours, 34 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. So we've had a super extended version of it, and it is mind-blowing stuff. Absolutely mind-blowing. And I'm thankful that we had the chance to do it. That's good, man. Hey, listen, appreciate you very much. Yeah. And um, I didn't uh, I didn't turn on the video record till about 15, 16 minutes in, so I'll figure okay. out how to do that. Yeah. We'll put some sort of prompt on the beginning of the video. That's okay. Or something like Jen that. Then I'll go watch the podcast. Yeah. But um, it's weird because I, when I first started the podcast, I didn't I wasn't going to do any YouTube at all because I thought, mm-hmm. that's dumb, man. Who wants to see two guys talking in an office? <laughs> but apparently people, uh, people do that. So, yeah. 
And I, if you watch Spencer's channel, he's got all sorts of d- neat graphics, and he knows mm-hmm. how to pull up the different verses and yep. show you the scripture right on the screen. And he's got some stuff down. He's 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 yeah. doing it good. We're good trying. job. Hey, keep up the good work, brother Spencer. Thank you, brother. God bless you. All right. Thank you so much for listening today to the Pastoral Thoughts Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you can, leave us a five-star rating on your podcast app. We'd appreciate that very much. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by emailing us at pastoralthoughtsmail at gmail.com. And you can find out more about us at 